Welcome to Automate, Delegate, Eliminate, where we discuss e-commerce issues and whether our guests today automated, delegated, or eliminated them and why. Your host is Will Christensen, co-founder of Data Automation. And again, welcome to Automate, Delegate, Eliminate. Welcome everybody to this episode of Automate, Delegate, Eliminate. I'm your host, Will Christensen from Data Automation, and I am very excited today to have Isaac Smith joining us. Isaac, thank you for being here. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Isaac is the CEO and co-founder of Summit E-Commerce Advisors. Isaac has been building e-commerce businesses for over six years. After selling his business in 2019, he co-founded Summit E-Commerce Advisors, which provides bookkeeping and financial services to e-commerce businesses. He hosts a podcast called Next Level E-Commerce, where he interviews successful e-commerce entrepreneurs. So welcome to the podcast, Isaac. Thank you. Thank you. And it's fun to be on this side of where you're asking the questions. Yeah, I can imagine you do a lot of asking the questions from your from your side of the table and, and it's it's kind of a different feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy to be here. Like, excited to jump in. So obviously in your bio, we got a little bit of an understanding of where you're coming from, but I, I like to ask you know, where, what brought you to where you are today? And and if you want to give us a little more depth than, than your bio did, I always like to kind of set the stage, so to speak, for the guests that I have on the show. Sure, absolutely. So I guess it depends on how far back we want to go. But I used to be an architect. I used to design buildings. I worked in Washington, D.C. And, you know, that was something that I loved uh, until I didn't love it anymore. And so through a long journey that I think probably a lot of listeners are familiar with, if they're entrepreneurs as well, a lot of us didn't start out this way. And that was me. And so through a lot of trial and error and experimentation and podcasts and so forth, I eventually found my way to e-commerce and started down that path. I learned through a lot of places. I was doing high ticket drop shipping and I did that for several years. And like you mentioned, eventually sold that company. And um, it's been it's been an adventure. And I think that's that's what excites me is just the unknown and just going out there and seeing what you can do. So that's sort of my background in a nutshell. And since then, like you said, I've, I've started this bookkeeping company and I did that because it was a huge problem for me when I was running my e-commerce business. And I wanted to be able to help people who I actually I thought it was me. There was something wrong with me and I just didn't understand the bookkeeping side when I was running my company and hiring accountants. And so through a deep dive out of frustration, I eventually sort of found my way through it. And towards the end out there, after I sold the, the business, I discovered there's a lot of other people out there who have the same issues that I did and just don't understand what's going on. And so that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now with the bookkeeping. And then, of course, the podcast is just really fun way to get to talk to amazing people such as yourself. Awesome. Yeah. And as you talked about, like, Oh, I, I know, you know, where I came from was not where I thought I'd be. And, and that idea of like, I wasn't an entrepreneur to begin with. I, I think it's fascinating how often as entrepreneurs, we kind of end up, you know, not where we expected to start from. Um, and there's a book that I mention a lot on on my podcast. And just when I'm talking to people in general is The E-Myth. Um, oh, yeah. By Mark Michael Gerber. Mm -hmm. And I love 
I mean, he calls it an entrepreneurial seizure where you, <laughs> yeah. where you realize like, oh crap, I could be doing this all on my own. And you know, there's that, that kind of point. And I think it's interesting how often it's like, okay, I'm doing something that I don't actually want to do. And that forces you to kind of revisit and relook at what you're going to be doing and how you're going to be doing it. And, and, and I think that idea of that entrepreneurial seizure and all of that actually plays right into automate, delegate, eliminate, because it's at that moment that you you have that entrepreneur's seizure that you have to kind of decide, okay, is it time for me to be doing everything inside this business? Or is it time for someone else? Is it time to automate? Is it time to delegate? Is it time to eliminate my full-time job and work on something else? So it's it's that pivot point. And, and that's what we like to talk about on this podcast is, is what is that pivot point like? What what systems or processes do you use when you're evaluating that pivot point um, and where, where you want to go with it? So, yeah, that I can totally relate. And I think there are a lot of these pivot points, like you say, you know, there's the pivot point at which you decide to leave your job. There's a pivot point at several different spots along the way. And as you were talking about automate, delegate, eliminate, you know, we can build ourselves into a frenzy like that entrepreneurial seizure. So in just the way I like to do things when I'm starting a new, whether it's a new business or a new project, I like to go just make a mess and just have a frenzy of activity, see what I can get done. And then, holy crap, now I've got an organizational mess on my hands. And now it's time to clean up through, you know, like what you talk about, the automate, delegate, eliminate. Yeah, the, I, I tell people, and if you've been listening to the the season so far, you'll have heard this already, but do it five times manually, make a mess, and then and then step back and decide, okay, what should be delegated, what should be automated, what should be eliminated. So it's it's that process of making that mess so that you actually have something to look at. And that mess helps you decide what you need to do about it, how you need to handle it, where it needs to go. So pretty powerful stuff. So I want to ask, which process um, are we going to be looking at today? I, I know we talked about a couple of different softwares and looked at a couple of different things. What, what process are we going to be talking about today? Well, we can go any direction you'd like, but I thought a really great topic would be just overall business process. Give a little bit of context. Um, we were messaging before and talking about doing this episode. And so I've, I've used Trello quite a bit to organize my business in e-commerce. I had so much running through Trello. And now that I'm running a service-based business, which has different types of processes and different types of activities, we've got onboarding, we've got these other things that we do. Now we're considering, okay, well, is Trello the right tool for the job? Um, and what would be great is if we had a tool that could organize the entire company, basically the, the organization of all the tasks, all the projects, and have it all in one place where we don't have to go searching around for things depending on this being here and that being there. And so we've actually started using Rike which is a, a project management tool. Um, I hadn't actually heard of it until somewhat recently. There's another online bookkeeping company that I've that blogs and they talk about what they're doing. And they said they had been using Trello for all of their processes. And then it just couldn't scale with them. And so they switched over to Rike and it was a huge hassle. It cost a lot of time, a lot of money to make the transition. And then now that they're all on Rike, they're, they're good to go. So 
rather than repeat that experience, I thought, oh, we'll just start with Wright. But it is pretty expensive. And so I just thought, hmm, I, you know, I know you, you talk about using Trello and Zapier and all of these things. And I'm familiar with those. I've used Zapier to automate and Butler and all these things. And so I thought a good discussion would be if you want to be nimble and if you want to plan ahead, what would be a better tool to use? So it's not necessarily a single process discussion, if that makes sense. No, I like it. I like it. So, and I think that sometimes that software selection piece of a discussion is actually a really important piece of the process because, you know, what, what you're looking at is you're looking at automating, delegating, or eliminating processes or old pieces of software or old uh, things that are looking at. So, so I think the idea of adopting a new piece of software is a fantastic process for us to talk about. So, you know, let's talk about what it would look like at your company if you weren't using something like Trello or Rank. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so foreign to me now. I've been using these sorts of tools for years. What would we be doing? I guess there'd be a lot of email. Well, of course we use Slack as well. Try not to use a lot of email, but yeah, what would, man, I, I guess it'd be spreadsheets because you have to know what the status is of each client and you know you're for us it's bookkeeping but i imagine if the listeners are have all different types of businesses there are some repeating tasks there are some one time tasks so you'd have to have some sort of spreadsheet i think that could keep track and somebody would go in and mark a, an x on the task that was done something like that what i've done in the past actually before i knew about trello i built a content management team that would research write edit and publish and advertise blog posts twice a month and and we ran that off of a spreadsheet with the the rows for for the topic and then the columns for what each person was doing so they had to come in there and mark it you know put an x in the cell that they just finished Anyway, it could be somewhat complicated, but tools like Trello and Rike really make that so much simpler. Yeah, totally agree with you. I think that's a great way to describe it. And I think spreadsheets would be, I mean, it'd either have to be a spreadsheet or everybody'd have to be in the same office and they'd write it on a whiteboard. And when they got done with the task, they'd come up and scratch it off the whiteboard, get up that uh, that marker and, and scratch it off. Otherwise, how do you collaborate? And, and that really is the key thing we're talking about, right? How do you automate, delegate, or eliminate, or actually execute tasks in a collaborative environment without a tool? Oh, well, if I don't have any tool, then I'm probably going to be using Google Sheets or something like that to, to get it out there. And just because you're using Google Sheets doesn't mean that you have to move to Trello or you have to move to Rike. We're going to talk about today, you know, what does that look like? So one of the questions I like to ask about every single process that I automate, I like to ask, where's the data now? Where does it need to go? And what happens to it in between? And when I apply that to something like this, you know, where's the data now? Oh, it's a task. The task is either in your head or maybe it's in your email or on a sticky note on your desk. Where does it need to go? It needs to get put on somebody else's plate. What does that look like? Oh, that's delegation. Okay, but how do you organize that delegation in a way that's actually effective, right? And then what needs to happen to it in between? Uh, sometimes you might need to take what you wrote down on a sticky note and elaborate, you know, record a video using Screencastify or Loom so that whoever you're giving that task to actually understands what you're hoping to have them get out and do, right? So 
Where's the data now? Where does it need to go? And what needs to happen to it in between? Anything you wanted to add to that? No, I think that's a pretty good synopsis. And one of the things that I really like about a tool like Trello, if we go back to the example of you know your content system, you can make a card for each of these topics, and then there can be discussion on that task as it moves across from you know, idea to complete and all the steps in between. And that discussion is really hard to replicate without a tool like that. And so where would that be happening? Would it be happening in Slack? Would it be happening through email? Be a mess. Be in, in your, you'd have to rely on your memory, memory. Oh, what did we talk about for this thing? And that, that gets lost. Yeah, I found that my my personal mental limit for keeping track of like active projects that are out there, I can keep track of three without writing anything down. You give me a fourth one and I'll start to mix stuff up. But if you give me a tool like Trello or we use Streak internally for tracking all of our sales conversations. So at, at Data Automation, we use two different tools. We use uh, Streak for managing client communication, both on the project management side and on the sales side. And then we use Trello for managing our development team and, and connecting that way. So all of our uh, all of our customer facing communications is happening you know, via email. And then we organize that email via Streak. So it allows us to kind of collaborate and put all of that together. And then we've automated several connection points between Trello and Streak so that you know cards get created when a, when a task uh, needs to happen and, and different things are being tracked that way to kind of push things there. So if our customers have a bug that's happening inside one of our forms, they have a, a Google form they have to fill out which has all the information we need about whatever's not working. And then they fill that out and it gets zapped right into Trello and the developer has all the information they need. And each one of those Trello cards has a checklist that's been predefined for how the bug needs to be what we call triaged. So we've we've written a standard operating procedure. We've looked at it and said, okay, bugs are something that's gonna happen a lot. It's just the nature of software development and, and working with something. So when someone has a bug, we wanted to create a way that we could systematically work with that individual to get all the information we needed so that we could resolve that bug as quickly as possible. And so in your company, it could be tickets, it could be new clients that are coming on board, it could be orders, right? Every time an order happens, this has to happen happen to it. And so that checklist in that SOP and, and building a system around that SOP is really powerful. Yeah. And that actually leads into the some of the things that I wanted to talk about with you, because, you know, as we are building this company and we're getting more and more clients, how do we build a system that is scalable and we don't have to, you know, there's a certain process for onboarding and there's a certain process for doing the monthly books. And there's a certain process for all these other things. And so how do you build a system that is scalable from, you know, just a few clients to a hundred or more without breaking down in between? So for example, just the onboarding process, it would be quite similar to what you were describing where, you know, it might be an email, there'd be some sort of trigger and then a new card or a series of cards gets activated. And then there are all these steps that we need to do, like create a Google Drive folder for the client and their information and all of these things, and then create other series of automations for recurring tasks each month, all of that stuff. And so, like I said, I have quite a bit of experience with Trello and Zapier and just the idea of building that, I thought, wow, I'm going to have to build like several new zaps 
for each new client to do this, that seems really cumbersome. And if we're onboarding, you know, if we have a whole team doing this, if we really have our sales down and we're really aggressively bringing on new people, this could become really a bottleneck. And so thinking about what I had heard about Reich and the other company who apparently they experienced this, I'm thinking, I don't want to repeat that process. So let's just do what they've done, learn from them. But now I'm wondering, <laughs> so you were, you were just on our Survive and Thrive Summit. And one of the main takeaways from that summit is, okay, we're now in the era of COVID-19 and recession. Some people say, Ray Dalio came out and said, we're headed into depression. So everybody's saying, all right, you got to cut costs. You've got to go lean. And so now I'm, we have this very expensive tool, Reich is... You have to buy it in packs of seats. It's for enterprise level companies. So the minimum number of seats you can buy is 10. And we don't have 10 people yet, of course. But so we're paying roughly, I forget now, 450 bucks a quarter. So it's over $1,000 a year. Trello would be free or cheap at what we're using now. So I'm thinking, hmm, well, should we go cheap? Should we minimize costs now because of the situation or do we continue with what we've already decided to do and eliminate the incredible pain that will be when we eventually need to transition? Or is there no need to transition at all if we can set these things up in the right way? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a, a conundrum, right? Because you look at it and say, did I over-optimize? Did I, did I jump into Rike too soon? Because, I mean, when you jumped into this to build out this team of bookkeepers, I mean, COVID-19 wasn't on your radar. Right. It wasn't something that any of us were considering. I'm in the same boat with our little company and what we're doing. We're looking at, you know, what people are doing out there and and what needs they have and hiring a new salesperson and looking at all that and th saying, "Okay, what do we really need? What does this really look like in the long term?" Yeah, it's a it's a powerful thing and it's it's hard to understand and know what to do. Yeah. So, how would you go about helping people make a decision like this? It's a great question. Honestly, the very first thing, this is actually very entertaining for us to both be in these roles because I'm more of a guest on a podcast most of the time. I mean, we, this is our, our first season of this podcast. And so you totally pulled the uh, podcast host role there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it, man. I've got my own podcast. I'm asking the questions. But yep, yep. Yeah. So so that's a great question. I think honestly, the first thing I would do as the owner of data automation and a consultant uh, helping people make that decision is I would start to look at, okay, well, what's your chief ROI look like? Or what's your time sucks look like? I'm extremely familiar with Trello. So I'd probably go back to that blog post that that individual said, you know, where they talk about all the time and money and effort. And, and let's go look at the key deciding factors. Like, what was it that drew them towards that new piece of software? And I would look at each one of those items and try to decide, okay, how much time burn am I going to see by doing that? And obviously for that other company, they went in and they decided, you know what, at the end of the day, this was ROI positive. I'm glad that we, we made this decision to be where we are now in looking at all of this. Well, whether or not you're going to feel the same way is going to depend a lot on your inputs and outputs. Like you said, you're paying for 10 seats right now and you're only using four or five. So you kind of have to start to look at 
all right, well, what does that really turn into in terms of it? The other thing I would look at is the contracts. So I know with Rike and Trello and most softwares, if you give them their money up front for a year, they'll generally give you a discount, right? They'll give you, you know, 10% off or 20% off or, you know, sometimes two free months of your monthly recurring revenue or monthly recurring cost for whatever that product is, they'll give that to you for free. So if you've already paid for that, you might be locked in anyway. And if you're locked in anyway, I wouldn't waste my time even looking at the expense until the next year when it came time to look at it again, right? There's just not enough information until it's time to renew. So I think, you know, to answer your question with a question, you know, you tell me there's a lot of inputs that would go into me deciding one way or the other. Yeah. So actually, my partner and I sat down on Friday because I knew this conversation was going to come up and we brainstormed some of the things that we thought were interesting or at least things that we needed. And and I don't know, it's it's your podcast. I'm not the host. No, do it. it. Do it. I want to I want to hear it. I want to hear it. What would what, you come up with? I got a whole list of uh, things here. So we've got some really cool things. And actually, some of the things I think is more fundamental with Right. And for example, I actually did start building this company on spreadsheets and Trello and Zapier before we moved over to Reich, before I brought on this partner who had way more bookkeeping experience than me. And what I was doing was I was creating a whole series of zaps for each new client that I brought on. And we're not using spreadsheets anymore for what we were doing. But I realized that if I'm creating new zaps for every client, that's a really big issue at scale. So I'm wondering now, so I imagine any service-based business, you know, whether you're a bookkeeper or whether you're a data automation, you have probably similar processes. You have onboarding and then you have regular tasks. And so we could probably have fairly similar processes. So I'm wondering now, if you're using Trello to onboard, have you figured out a way of creating the structure so that you don't have to recreate the structure for each new client? Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, one of the things you're looking at when you want to automate something like that is you're breaking out the variables, finding the things which are triggering everything to happen and you're systemizing them or you're standardizing them in such a way that you don't have to go through and recreate the wheel from the ground up. So you're, you're looking at finding ways and opportunities to pick apart that process to give that out there. So let's dive into one of those because I think that'd be valuable. What was one of those zaps that you were having to recreate per client? Well, that is not the best example because I had built my own bookkeeping spreadsheets and that that wouldn't work at scale. So we've moved over to using software that some people are familiar with, Zero, which is similar to QuickBooks. Things that we would do now. So I'll just sort of run down the list of what we are, are trying to do. So there's automatically recurring tasks, weekly and monthly, uh, which I know Trello does through whether it's built in or whether you need to use Butler. Butler's their version of the automation stuff that's going on in there. And some of some of Butler's tasks or some of its functionality are available on the free plan. Mm, so okay. it can do a lot of those, like they have what they call a recurring card. Okay. So you just put those tasks in, a, in that specific card and then you can make it recurring. So then could you have like, let's say you, you're onboarding a new client and they're going to take this card that you have as a template and set that to recur for this client every month. Mm -hmm. uh, could you, you could automate that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm 
wondering, so, cause not every client is exactly the same. We would want to change a few of those pieces inside that recurring card, you know, just a little bit for each one, maybe. So I wouldn't want to just repeat the template again, because it would be wrong. Do you know what I mean? Is that something that you can do with Trello? Yes. The only downside of that is you you generally have a template card. So there's a card that has kind of the master list, so to speak. And if you were to edit that in the child card, you would need to go back to the template card and edit it there as well. So that's one of the places where Trello falls off is it doesn't have this idea of you have a child and you edit the child and that therefore edits the template. So that's one. Um, there's other systems out there like Process Street and a few others that I've played with that that do have some of that functionality. Um, but that's one thing that Trello is lacking in. So I'm curious, is that something you found available in Rike? Yeah, yeah. That That is something that it does just on its own natively. I'm pretty sure uh, we're still figuring out a lot of these things, but it seems to be able to do the things that we want to do. And I'm remembering now from my Trello days, like that kind of a thing was particularly difficult and would be a point of, breakdown or at least a lot of manual entry. And the good news is that now Trello's come out with a couple of those things. So I'm curious what else what what were some of your other sticking points between the two systems? All right, let's go down the list. Uh oh, the the biggest thing for me with Trello was notification management. And I know oh. about 2 years ago <laughs> they had a major rebuild on their notifications and they made it significantly better but not nearly good enough. You want me to lay out the problem? Lay out the problem. And then because I had the exact same problem. And I'll tell you how I solved that problem with Zapier. Ah, okay. So the problem is you have a team working on all these tasks. So for me, it was an e-commerce store. And I had orders that I was tracking through various Trello boards. Yeah, So like an order would come in automatically through Shopify. It'd get a card and it'd go on one board. And then as we processed that order, it would move across the board in its various stages from, you know, like uh, double checked information and then ship and then received, you know, with a few more in between there. And so, you know, there might be comments between my staff and me. There might be other questions about other things. And that's just one Board, there would then we had other boards for other things and so throughout the day we might have like a lot of reasons for me to get a notification but if i click on the notification and go to look at it and go ah well i can't answer this now or i don't have time for this now i thought this was a simple yes or no but actually i need to go look something up and then come back but i've got a phone call i have to make if I left, that notification would be gone. And if I was very conscious about it, I could mark that notification as unread, but I had to remember to think to do it. And that was with their later update. So when you have like 20, 30 or more notifications and different things going on, there's no one place to go to find out what do I actually have to do and what's important here? And what of all of these are just noise? And mm -hmm. I just, that was just infuriating. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I had the same problem and uh, they had this system where they could email you and they would email you a digest of like, here's three things that have happened in the past 20 minutes. Mm. And I would have the same issue. I'd be like, okay, got that one, got that one. Oh, I'm going to need to do more research on that one. And so I would snooze that email 
to remind myself to go back and look at that one. But then when I opened up that email, I had to go through all three stinking things again to remember, oh yeah, it's that one that I need to be working on. So I did all sorts of things. I emailed myself and uh, like I, I, would, I would do like a, there's a, a tool called follow up then I believe it is. I'll have to go look up, look it up and give you what exactly what it is. But it's, a, and it's an email service where you can say two days at followupthen.com and it will send you an email back in two days. So you forward any email to them, they'll email you back and they'll try to keep it in the same thread even so that you can just pull up a thread. So it's kind of the snoozing functionality that's built into G Suite or Gmail now that they kind of have that feature. So I tried that and that didn't work great. And I mean, it just was infuriating to kind of get in there. Same exact feeling. Like I just, I just can't seem to keep track of what's here. And Trello's notification system is much better than it used to be, but it's still not there for me. So what I discovered is that there are some notifications I don't even care about. Like, don't even tell me, Trello, if this happens. And they do have some features where you can turn some of that on and off. But I was like, you know what? I want more granular control. So I went into Zapier and they have a feature that says any activity that happens inside Trello, then filter it to something else. And so I filtered it down to two activities. I wanted to know if someone mentioned me. So if they did an at me on any of these boards that I was watching. And I also wanted to know if someone added me to a card because sometimes they'd add me to a card and they'd forget to do the at at will thing. And I actually pumped that into something that I feel like does a fantastic job with reminders and notifications. I pushed it into Slack. Ah. So I created a Slack reminder for myself every time there was one of those two things. And I've found that once I drilled it down to that, as long as I keep up with it, now every once in a while, it'll go a week and, I've, and I start to get behind and there's 30 or 40 things in there. But if I look at it and say, oh, that needs some additional attention, I can snooze it for any period of time and then come back to whatever it was. And I found that that's, how, that's been how I've been able to handle my notifications uh, from Trello um, inside my Slack uh, channel. And so I do that a lot with different systems. I'll, I'll look at one system. I'll decide, you know what, this is missing some key functionality. And I'll go think about, okay, well, what else am I using that kind of has that functionality? And I'll see if I can just trick it into going out that way. So like, if I like the data in a spreadsheet, but it's not in a spreadsheet, it's in a to-do list, I'll see about pushing it to my spreadsheet using a zap. Like if I if I want to, like a good example is uh, Trello cards, and they have a, an extension you can use with Trello so that you can start to track time, and it'll put it into the title of the Trello card. So it is a, there's a a, it's called Scrum for Trello. It's a Google Chrome extension, which allows you to create little buttons where you click on it. It changes the, the numbers in the title. Well, it, then it'll tell you how much time or how much you know effort, how many points if you're using a true Scrum method you have in each of your separate columns. So in doing, I have 15 points. In done, I have 40 points or whatever. And, and we actually use hours with different things like that. So it's not true Scrum necessarily. But we were using a lot of that, and that's pretty powerful. Well, let's say that you wanted to take that time and push it over to, say, a spreadsheet so that you could actually start tracking like the total number of hours. We were able to do that. So a lot of times what I do when I'm using some piece of software, if I find something I don't like about that piece of software, I think about another piece of software that has the functionality I'm looking for. And I'll just pipe the data over to it using Zapier or one of these other tools that kind of connects the dots for me. So just because Trello doesn't have all the features I want doesn't mean that I can't use something else to kind of push it out there and get it where it needs to go. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that you're hacking all these things together. 
you know, the, the notification things for me, if I eventually dealt with it, like, what can I do? But I did try a lot of things like duplicating cards and putting a priority list somewhere. And, but then, then there's duplicates and someone's working on one and another's working on another, but I never found a really great solution. But actually this is really where Reich really excels because you can look at things that are you can create dashboards that are set to any number of filters and you can see like what what's on your personal to-do list what are you assigned in just a list so that's first of all that's nice and handy and then you can sort by what's due next week or you can sort by any number of things so that you can actually just see what's important and of course you can do that by project or you know whatever quote unquote trello board or list that you're looking at so i think that's been really a really nice thing. And you can also see what your team is doing and how they are, like what is their completion on their tasks? You know, what do they have left to do? You can generate all kinds of reports. That's pretty cool. I love it. I love it. And, you know, Rike, Trello, Monday.com, all of the different, there's so many amazing to-do systems out there. I think what you said at the very beginning to kind of put a button on some of this discussion around, you know, which system is right for you, go in and make a mess. Get out a spreadsheet, write down all of those things which you were doing, and, and then see where you think it really needs to go. I mean, it's it's powerful and you know, kind of gives you the ability to see how to handle that. So can't emphasize that enough. Stop delaying and start making a mess. And then when you go to a solutions expert or a software expert and they ask you, well, what do you need? You'll actually have data to give them. But in, unless you're willing to go out there and make that mess, it's it's just a difficulty there. So another thing I always like to ask when I'm on these podcasts, Isaac, is um, can you give us some other pieces of software that you use? I am a software junkie. I like to talk to everybody that I get on there and just ask them, you know, what are some what are some pieces of software that have saved you some time uh, that you might like to share with the listeners? Oh, my gosh. I try not to use too many tools because then I just get confused or I get bogged down in learning each one. But yeah, there are a few that have just saved me so much time. So in my e-commerce company, that was Trello and Zapier. That was just amazing to have everything integrated all into Trello, bringing Shopify orders there, sending emails there about certain things. I even, I tried to build it at my own sort of version of a, a ticketing software. There's ticketing system. My team couldn't quite get it a hundred percent. They used it about 50%, but I tried. But yeah, for me, if I have Slack, if I have Trello or now Rike, Zapier and Gmail, for the most part, I'm set. You know, of course, you know, I run a bookkeeping company, so we use counting software. We use Zero, But with those, I've built a e-commerce company around those, and I've built now a service company using that. Now, again, Rike instead of Trello. Oh, here's something really cool. As of Friday, we have a really cool thing that I've thought I'd share and your listeners might get some value out of. Check this out. So, you know, in my e-commerce company, I built systems and processes for absolutely everything. And I had all of these Google Docs with all the information, the SOPs and videos and all of that. And they were linked together and you could go from one to the other, depending on what you needed to train somebody on and what you needed to know. But the problem it was a team member would be trained, but you know, time goes on and they forget certain things. And then it's like, well, they ask me and I'll say, well, why don't you go look up the training? 
and going back and trying to find that is a pain. And so we actually with Rike and I was we were thinking about how we could implement this with Trello because of I, I knew this conversation was coming up. I'm not sure if you how you, it would be done with Trello. I think it could be. But in Rike, this is beautiful. What we've done is we've started doing creating processes. So, for example, how do I summarize? We have this process where a team member needs to copy a file from the template into the client's Google Drive and start entering information that they need to get from here and there. And it's a several step task, but it shouldn't take too long. So what I did was I created the task and then the subtasks. So in Trello, that would be a card and checklist items, although it doesn't quite work exactly that way in Trello. But anyway, so what I did was in the main task, I created a quick video via Loom and just said, this is what this task is. This is what you're going to be doing and go to the next subtask or the checklist item to do that. And I'll have the training there for that little piece. And so each little piece has its own training inside mm. of it. And so now each time we need someone to do that task, we just replicate that whole thing and put it in the project folder that is needed. So what this means now is there is no difference between training and action. And to me, that was just that hit me so profoundly on Friday. This is Monday. So three days ago, it's like, whoa, hang on a second. This could massively increase the quality of work that gets done because every time this task is done from now on, there are no questions as to what needs to be done. That's powerful. So we'll count that for your wisdom for the day. I think that's <laughs> that, you nailed it there. I mean, make doing as close to training as possible, right? Like bridge that gap from doing and learning to do. Like, I love that you've made it so that, you know, they never have to go hunt for that training document because it's built into the piece of software they're doing. If they ever wonder like, oh, am I doing this the same, the right way? They can always go back to that little video and watch exactly what was done. Yeah, the training is the task. And so when they're working on it, they are looking at the description with that video link. And all they have to do is click the link to refresh their memory. Should only be a two or three minute video because each, each little piece of the task is broken down separately. Yeah. I love it. Well, last thing here, any services or specials that you'd want to share with the guests or excuse me, with the listeners? Sure. Well, thanks for the opportunity. Like I mentioned, I think if you want to get in touch with me, see what I'm doing, the best place probably to do that is to check out my podcast. That's Next Level E-Commerce. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the URL is nextlevelecommerce.co. If you want to send me an email, I'm happy to chat. We can connect on Facebook. Although you have to search for me, Isaac Smith, there's probably a bunch of us out there. So I'll give you my email address. If you want to get in touch, it's Isaac. And of course, spelling is important. I-S-A-A-C at summitecommerce.co. Um, and so, like I said, we do have a bookkeeping company and we help people implement cash management systems as well. So we actually have a really cool no-cost 30-minute cash strategy session that we'll offer to all of your listeners right now. One thing that I learned in the summit that we did is cash is critical. You need to make sure you have a handle on your cash because even profitable businesses go out of business if they don't have the cash flow. So with that in mind, we thought, well, what could we do? You know, we have this expertise. So we're offering a 30-minute session where we'll give you three actions you can take right now to survive. 
and three actions to thrive. So survive, make it through this cash crunch and thrive because there's opportunity out there now if you know where to look and if you're ready to do it. And of course, there's boom coming. So be ready for that. So if that sounds interesting, you can schedule a time with us. It's summitecommerce.co slash cash. Hey, perfect, Isaac. Hey, really appreciate all the nuggets you shared with us today. I think comparing and, and automate, delegate, eliminate, looking at, at RAG versus Trello or just you know selecting a software system in general is a powerful piece of what it takes to actually get inside everything there. So thanks for, for joining us here today. And that's it for our episode of Automate, Delegate, Eliminate. See you next time. You've been listening to Automate, Delegate, Eliminate, hosted by Paul Christensen.